Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Mark Zeno, Jonathan Zaslow in for the fellas. As we said in the break, Z and Z in for CNC. 888-SAY-ESPN, the phone number. <laughs> and we're, we are in a very weird spot here, Jonathan, because really? this show is Kenny and Carlin. And our next guest is going to be the aforementioned Carlin of Canty and Carlin. We welcome in Chris Carlin, host of this show. And it reminds me, we were, to, we were quoting movies in the break. Reminds me of that scene in Wayne's where it's like, we're looking down on Wayne's basement, only that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? So we're doing Kenny and Carlin, only that's not Chris Carlin. Isn't that weird? Chris, welcome, buddy. Good to talk to you. I'm just a reasonable facsimile of it. That is weird. There, there you go. All right, let's start here. Um, I, I, it's funny, I was going over the ESPN.com website here a moment ago. And the main headline from our own Bill Barnwell says, how the 49ers got it wrong. I I, want to bang my head into a wall. The 49ers didn't get it wrong. They actually got it right. They drafted a guy. It didn't work out. They cut bait, quickly move on, and found a new solution. This isn't something that is an anomaly in the NFL. It happens all the time. I give the 49ers credit for getting it right so quickly. Why are we hammering this team for doing the right thing? Because this is not the typical draft a guy, get it wrong. This is trade a ton, draft a guy, get it wrong. And that's why the 49ers deserve to be hammered more for it. Yes, I I agree with what you're saying in principle. But the problem is they traded away draft picks that ended up being Micah Parsons, Devontae Smith, You know, really, really, really good players. Three first-round picks and a third, and that's a killer. And it's one thing to just have missed on somebody. I guess what I would compare it to, like, if we're talking about the New York Jets, Joe Douglas missed badly when Zach Wilson, right? But I think we can all agree they did the right thing. They moved on quickly, and they had a chance to get Aaron Rodgers to go win, and that's the right thing to do. The 49ers drafted everybody else right, but they hadn't given up that much draft capital uh, of guys that really turned into star players. That's where the 49ers deserve this criticism, and I don't have a problem with it. All right, well, I will, I will add this. One, I, I, so much of the NFL is about fit and coaching. To assume that Micah Parsons is Micah Parsons anywhere else than he is in Dallas with Dan Quinn right now, I mean, he's a bad example because he probably is. But a lot of guys don't work out exactly <laughs> the same. That's number one. But number two, we watched the Rams trade up for Goff and the Eagles trade mm-hmm. up for Wentz, and then they dump both those guys. And yep. Wentz, they dump before the end of the first contract. We're not hammering the Eagles. They moved on and found a better option. Well, the problem is is that the Eagles went and Wentz, that season that they were winning uh, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl, Wentz was the MVP of the league up until the point when he got hurt. And then Foles went on and won the Super Bowl, and that's what makes it. That's what makes it so, more palatable. Here's the thing: if the Eagles had say, not won that Super f- Bowl, and they had moved on from Carson Wentz, Howie Roseman wouldn't be the GM anymore. How about that? 
if the 49ers are back in the NFC Championship game this year, can mm-hmm. we can we look back on it and go, you know what, the 49ers are right and we were all wrong? Uh, we can't say they were right, but we could say they don't. They're not actually even getting hammered like a normal organization would because they are that good in every other place. That That's, to me, a, a big part of this. But I, I'm not going to go out and, and pat them on the back, and this is probably unfair, unless they win a Super Bowl. Because to me, when you're that wrong on a quarterback, not just first overall pick and he's bad, no, it's third and we traded all that stuff to get him, then you better be right in a whole lot of other areas to go win. And by the way, like this part of it doesn't have anything to do with the 49ers, but the other side of that trade, and I obviously know because I'm here in Miami, the Dolphins have used those Jalen games. Waddle. Yep. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb. Like, yep. Worked out pretty well for the Dolphins, what they did with those picks. Uh, uh, the, the big story this weekend we could probably point at, uh, like I said earlier, a team that just has not gotten enough attention this preseason, certainly not in this network. The New York Jets, they're going to start Aaron Rodgers <laughs> this weekend, who has not played a preseason game in five years. So, I mean, uh, Carlin, every Jet fan is holding their breath every single drop back this, this Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, they are, but... I- I don't have a problem with it. I mean, listen, it's a new team. It's a new situation. It's new guys he's playing with. I, I don't know how long we're looking at him playing. I can't imagine he's going to play a half. He's probably going to play a quarter, right? Uh, for me, yes, it is a hold-your-breath type moment because we have seen that kind of thing happen before, not necessarily with quarterbacks, but really important players. The problem is, for me, Aaron Rodgers could get hurt in practice. He could get hurt anywhere. And otherwise, like, why are you playing him at all? So uh, when you get him into the regular season, I, I think it's good that he has at least a couple of series when he's playing with a, an entirely new cast of characters. And let's also remember this, that uh, Nathaniel Hackett was not calling plays when he was with Aaron Rodgers before. Uh, they have a lot of things uh, in common with what they want to do. But Rodgers is ultimately going to be the guy making all the decisions at the line of scrimmage and, in essence, being the offensive coordinator. It is Kenny and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Zeno and Zaslow in for the fellows, and we are talking with Chris Carlin. Uh, Let's shift gears here because I know you're a New York guy, as am I. And uh, between two GMs and two managers in the Mets and the Yankees, when the season is all over, how many of those four guys still have a job? (laughs) That's a great question. Um because my guess is all four of those dummies all have their job. <laughs> I'm going to say two. How about that? I'm going to say two. I hope the two that you're talking about that are gone wear pinstripes. Well, one of each. I think Aaron Boone's going to be gone. And I think Billy Epler's probably going to be gone. They're not going to fire Buck. I don't expect that. But I think they will fire Billy Epler or move him into a different role. He won't have the power because they want to go get David Stearns from the Brewers, and, and the uh, Steve Cohen's had a love affair with him for a few years, but hasn't been able to pry him away from Milwaukee because Milwaukee wouldn't let him go or even let him talk to him. Uh, this offseason, they can talk to him. Um, I expect him to be the guy uh, that will be leading the organization uh, after this year, and if Epler's still there, he's in a different role. With Aaron Boone, it, it's not like he deserves it, but guys, Brian Cashman's not going anywhere, and it's silly. It's I completely agree that he should be the guy that's gone, 
because, I mean, we're talking about 25 years, but he has become the fifth Steinbrenner. He really has. And there yeah. he has nothing but job security. I think next year, if it went horribly awry, they'd look at it. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see anybody but Aaron Boone change uh, with the Yankees from a front office or managerial perspective because it's an easy thing to do. And fans are hammering the way he handles bullpens anyway. So, I, yeah, I don't think any, I don't think fans are going to have any problem with it. They, listen, he's not been great with handling the bullpen. There's no getting around that. Cashman's a bigger problem, though. I think we agree on that. Good opportunity here for me to ask you, Chris. What did you? Uh, what was the first thing that came to mind when you got the Otani news? <sighs> I thought he was dropping. I, I thought it was two hundred million that dropped. Listen, leading up to that, I have been of the opinion that the bidding this offseason, had he been healthy, was going to be was going to reach 600. Like I, I think it legitimately could have. And now well, he's going to have to just settle for 400. <laughs> don't I don't know how he's ever going to make that work in this economy. No. I, I teams are going to want to bring him in as strictly a hitter. And if I were my my reaction would be this. If I'm a team that is bringing him in. I'm bringing him in as the offensive player, and I'm paying him. I, I don't know that um, teams will be able to approach it that way, but no matter what you get from him pitching-wise, it's got to be a bonus in the future when you've had uh, the second tear of this muscle in his elbow. Um, it's hard to imagine that you're ever going to continue to be the same. And, guys, one thing, I, I went back and looked at even the numbers in Japan – He's never come close to 200 innings in a year. He's a dominant, dominant pitcher. If you're a team that is bidding for his services, you're looking for the bat uh, first, second, and third. And if the pitching comes along with it, great. Uh, But that is going to limit how high I'm going to go with him. Can you make him a closer? Because that's the second most important role on a pitching staff. Your cleanup hitter and closer, you could argue, are are equally as important to a, a championship team. It's interesting thought. Um, I don't know that he would want to go for it, but I, I, I would certainly investigate everything around it. I, put it that way. I would absolutely investigate everything around it that I could. Whatever I can do to make him close to that um, two-headed monster, so to speak, when I get him in my building, that's what I'm going to do. But when I'm actually trying to approach it, I mean, where do you guys think the price is right now if we're talking about Otani and this injury, and we operate under the assumption that he's not going to pitch all of next year, where's that? Number? I think that I think that the Angels now own the best offer to him, the one see, they've already made that he hasn't signed yet. See, here's what's interesting to me about that, and that's a great uh, thought, because the Angels are going to know him best, right? So I will be very curious as to how they approach that. Um, how he's very comfortable there. But are the Angels going to go as aggressively after him once that price hits a certain number? Uh, because they know what they know about him and his health and everything around him. That's what bears watching to me. Um, would you go $400 million for Otani right now? I certainly would. I certainly would. Yeah. And just yeah, as an I definitely player. would. But I, but I also think it works the other way. I also think it works the other way around where Otani, and he's going to come off of, you know, maybe a a major surgery where maybe he trusts the doctors who've been with him 
with the Angels as opposed to going to a new team. Like, this may end up working out for the Angels that they wind up keeping him now. Yeah, he could be very comfortable there for all we know. And I think that's probably a a good part of it. It's It, it seems as if he's been more than comfortable being with the Angels. And we know he wants to be on the West Coast. And we know that Seattle, San Francisco, the Dodgers are all going to be interested in him. It's just, I, I really am fascinated. And I was fascinated to begin with as to where that number was going to end up. And now, in a weird way, I'm even more fascinated as to how teams are going to approach paying him uh, yeah. when you really, truly don't know the future as a pitcher. I mean, for Pete's sake, guys, I mean, look at Steven Strasburg, you know? Mm-hmm. He he just had to he had to retire because of all the injuries that he's had, and right now, um, t- granted he's only a pitcher, he's not a hitter like Otani is, but I mean they are on the hook to pay him thirty five million per year uh, each of the next three years on at the end of that contract. They they're not getting off the hook. The Nationals aren't on that deal. He is Chris Carlin, host of Kenny and Carlin each day here on ESPN Radio. Chris, thanks for the time. Enjoy the weekend, brother. Thanks, appreciate Chris. It. Gentlemen, have a beautiful weekend. And go bake a couple of cakes, will you? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Let's stay with the Angels here for a minute because I I am somebody who really thinks they should shut them down for the entire season. I mean, I'm not hitting. No more hitting. Just done. What's the reason? No, you're right. Yeah. No, I understand. I guess is he chasing a home run record? Um, Why? I, I, I at this is point, is it possible? Angels, does does Mark Zinno have an ulterior motive to that yes. statement? Uh, that, that was a yes. Well, come on, let's do it, man. Let everybody know uh, what do we got. I I have a wager on Medals, and they had the most runs in Major League Baseball. So I'm not. But <laughs> let's be trans- besides that. Let's that you're right. Let's be transparent. But, but what's in general? Forget me for a second. I'm asking you, what's to be gained by him still hitting every day? I you're I not guess. In it. Right. I mean, the only thing he's got to have surgery regardless, doesn't he? Aren't we pushing his recovery timetable back? Well, Bryce Harper didn't have the surgery. He he decided to do like, you know, the rehab without the surgery. And he came back, you know, in relatively quick enough time. So he doesn't have to have the surgery as long as I guess he's not going to pitch. And I guess he would show everybody, hey, like I can work through this right now and then I'm going to use the offseason to get better. And, and I guess I'm only going to hit like I, I guess that would be the reason that he he wouldn't ask to be completely shut down is that we've seen this before recovery without the Tommy John as long as you're only going to be a hitter. Well, Jeff Passan, uh, ESPN Baseball Insider, talked about Otani's pitching days actually not being done. I think suggesting that because you've had two Tommy John surgeries dooms you to being a hitter only um, is is a little bit presumptive. Um, now, I understand that the track record of guys who have two time Tommy John surgeries not all that great. The track record of guys who have two Tommy John surgeries within a five year period really not great. Um, I also understand that the track record of guys who try to pitch and hit in Major League Baseball was non-existent until Shohei Otani did it. I just don't think that he's the sort of person who's going to say, you know what, it was a good run while I had it, but peace out to that. It, it, it It's such a bummer, right, because we were watching a unicorn. 
like as baseball fans, we were watching something we've never seen since Babe Ruth. And listen, I wasn't alive. And as far as just being a great hitter, there's a lot of guys who are really good hitters in Major League Baseball. I think he's, Mark, I think he's going to want to pitch again because I think he wants to. Yes, he, he had a few years where he could say to everybody, listen, I did this and I also did this. But I, I think he wants that. I think it's cool. I think it means something if he can have that legacy as a guy who did both over an extended period of time. That's forever, man. Okay, let, but uh, the, I don't want to divert here, but uh, you're essentially taking, would you rather be Bo Jackson or Frank Gore? Um, you could you could be historic for a very short period of time, or you could be really good for a very long period of time, and that's the end of it, right? Uh, that's what he's up against. He could go play baseball for another 15 years in the majors as a hitter only and be very, very good for a very long time, if not even borderline and great. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you choose to do both, he's probably going to burn out sooner rather than later. Now, we talked with Chris Carlin about the free agency price and how much this injury has impacted Otani's free agency. Here's Jeff Passan on ESPN Radio. Otani's market is going to be a little bit better than than people are thinking right now. So, listen, I thought he was going to get 650 maybe more, if he was fully healthy. Now, uh, he's not going to get that. I mean, we're, we're talking a, a nine-figure loss. Uh, but is it going to dip below 500? I, people are telling me in, inside the industry, there are people who are telling me I'm crazy for thinking this. I just, I'm sorry, I can't look at Shohei Otani, even with question marks about his pitching, is anything less than a half-billion-dollar asset. Uh, again, if I could get him as a reliever slash closer, I could see him going over. But I hate to phrase it this way, Zaz. If you're just a guy who hits home runs, well, we know what that market looks like. Yeah, and there's a lot of guys like that. I got to ask you, though, about this idea that maybe he would transition to being a closer. I don't understand how that works. You got to help me out here because those guys can be a little bit nutty. They got to be in a certain mind frame throughout the game. They got to be ready in case it's going to be a save situation in case they have to get out there in the ninth inning, maybe sometimes even in the eighth inning. But he's out there DHing and hitting several times. Like, how could you possibly be a closer if you're also actually playing the whole game every game? Little League, man. Go down in between innings and get warmed up, pal. <laughs> Go down in between innings and get warmed up, pal. I that mean, would be you know, wild. It w- it would be. I don't know. Um, I think I guess they got rid of the double switch, so that wouldn't work because in theory he would have to if he was coming up in the order and needed to warm up in the bottom of the eighth for a, for a game in the top of the ninth. I don't um, know how you could pull. You'd that have to off. double switch him. I, I, if, I don't know if they still do the double switch. If they still have it, then it would work because you can bring somebody else in and move him in his place in the order, right? Um, but uh, you know, the, the only reference we have, especially. And, i pretty sure to, uh, John Smoltz had Tommy John surgery, but that's what he did, mm-hmm. right? Remember, he was a starter. I think yeah. he had TJ surgery, went and to be a closer, before, a closer, and then went back to being a starter, <laughs> which is why he's in the Hall of Fame because that's insane. But he wasn't out there hitting but, four or five times a game not knowing if he's going to have to come in in the ninth inning. Hey, man, it's Little League World Series style, bro. I mean, we just we, we have to go out there, and everybody's got to make sacrifices for the team. That yeah, would be right. awesome, though, to see him run out of the dugout to the bullpen to get warmed up. Um yeah, I, I don't know if he could. I, I don't know if he could. You know, I mean, that's why you have to think his closing days are done because if he can't start 
and play the game and go through a normal warm-up, how are you going to yeah. get him ready to pitch? Who knows? I think he's going to want to pitch Coming again. Up next. I think he's going to want to be a starter again. I, I think he's going to want to pitch again. I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I just don't know if a team who's going to sign him is going to go, well, I'm, I'm not signing you to be a starter too yeah. because it's yeah. not worth the risk to me because then i got to pay a premium price for only half the product, and that's not what I'm paying for. So if he's going to force that on teams saying, I'm going to pitch, I ain't going to say, okay, I'm taking my offer off the table. I'll take my money elsewhere because yeah. that, that's a – that is way too much money to spend for a singular Maybe. asset, right? You can spend three fifty on Aaron Judge and another two fifty on Garrett Cole, and that's your six hundred million. But theoretically, both those guys are showing up to work every day. If Oshoi Otani hits the IL, guess what? I lost a pitcher and a hitter. So you better be getting your money's worth. All right, which quarterback has more to prove this season, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? We'll discuss after Zaz has this from Indeed. Hey, if you're having a hard time hiring in no time, you need Indeed, the number one source for hires in the U.S. According to Talent Nest, sponsor a job, and Indeed will help you attract, interview, and hire candidates fast. With Instant Match, you'll instantly receive a short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. You can easily schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from one place. Visit Indeed.com slash credit to get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Welcome back to Kenny and Colin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series 6 and Channel 80. Tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, 
I'm Mark Zeno. He's Jonathan Zaslow. We're Z and Z. Zaz and Zin. We also are presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> Time to play a little game here. Yes. Uh, we're going to need to bring in our esteemed producer, Shannon Penny, in just a moment. I want to remind you guys, Kenny and Carlin brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right. Here we go. Uh, uh, we're going to ask the question. Look, you heard, yeah, you heard at the end of the open there, uh, Zeno, about uh, Russell Wilson having to prove it. So we're going to do it here in this segment. Yeah. Which quarterback has more to prove this season? I'll yes. give you two quarterbacks. you got to tell me which one. Simple enough, okay? I you like got it. it. All right, Zaz, going to start with you. Which quarterback has more to prove this season, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Very good question, Shannon. I'm going with Deshaun Watson. I feel like the writing's kind of on the wall for Russell Wilson. Like, I would almost be more surprised if he gets back to form than if he gets closer to what he was last year with Deshaun Watson. I think Watson has more to prove because this was an elite quarterback, just like Russ, but I think 2020 was a long time ago in quarterback years, three years since Deshaun Watson was an elite quarterback. If he were to be able to get back to being that, this is a playoff team, Cleveland. So I think for me, Deshaun Watson's got more to prove. In the race for who has the worst contract in NFL history, more resides with Russell Wilson. I know Deshaun Watson's was all guaranteed, but uh, you could say to a certain extent that Browns knew what they were getting was a quarterback who wasn't going to play football in two years uh, when they signed the whole thing. Uh, But I'm going to think, I I would say Russell Wilson has more to prove. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked rusty last year. He didn't look like he couldn't play. Russell Wilson looked like he couldn't play. All right, Zeno, which quarterback has more to prove this season, Dak Prescott or Geno Smith? You know, the the, the average bum, the average guy in the street is going to say Dak, and they're all wrong. Geno Smith is more to prove. Geno Smith is not a good quarterback. He's overrated. He had eight good games last year and got into the MVP conversation. And Shannon Penn did this to me on purpose because he knows the Seahawks are prime for major regression. Stop overvaluing average quarterbacks. I got a seven-year sample size of a quarterback that stinks, and you want me to put him in in an eight-game sample size of a guy who got in the MVP conversation. Hell no. Dak Prescott doesn't even have to show up to work, and he's still better than Geno Smith. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's Geno Smith. And and for me, it's because what hangs in the balance here is a Seahawks team that I think is a playoff team. I mean, yes, Geno Smith, he he wasn't doing anything his first seven years in the league. Geno Smith last year, I mean, did Pete Carroll sprinkle a little bit of pixie dust on on Geno Smith that he did Russell Wilson all those years? I don't know. We'll find out this year. We know what Dak Prescott is. Geno Smith, he's got more to prove. All right, Zaz, moving on. Which quarterback has more to prove this season, Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow? Oh, very good question, Shannon. Aaron Rodgers has more to prove. You start to see some of the decline last year in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, can you win a home playoff game against the Lions to make the postseason? Aaron Rodgers couldn't. We started to see some of that decline. New venue, New York media offensive line can he handle all of this so late into his career we know Joe Burrow is going to be great can Aaron Rodgers still be the quarterback of a playoff team Aaron Rodgers he's got more to prove you know I wish I could be one of these people in life Shannon Penn 
that is beautiful, good-looking, fun, and gets a pass. Because that's exactly what's happening to Joe Burrow right now. I, I Excuse me a second. Who is closer to the top of the AFC right now, Aaron Rodgers or Joe Burrow? Oh, it's Joe Burrow. Why are we asking Aaron Rodgers in year one of the Jets to leapfrog not only the Jets, not only the, the, the Bills, but the Dolphins, the, the, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Chargers, all these other teams, the Ravens, all these other teams that are there. But yet Joe Burrow, who's in some people's mind the second-best quarterback in the AFC behind the guy who I think is the second-best quarterback in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes. Yet if he doesn't get to a Super Bowl this year, ah, it's okay. It's good. Don't worry about it. Joe's Joe's, Joe's Joe cool. No, Joe has more pressure. Get over the damn hump. You had a lucky Super Bowl run, a lucky one. Don't have revisionist history, folks. That Bengals team got to that Super Bowl by pure luck repeatedly. He has a lot more to prove to be able to put that team on his back and beat the Chiefs. All right, Zeno, moving on here. Which quarterback has more to prove? I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Which quarterback has more to prove, Josh Allen or Tua? Well, you asked me this question, so you know I'm not going to say it. It's definitely Tua. Josh is the best quarterback in the NFL. I'll say it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> it's not to me. I, you want to sit there and you want to sit there and do you want to sit there and look at Josh Allen through the prism of one playoff game in Buffalo last year and write the story on him? Fine, you can do that. Knock yourself out. That's just not reality. Okay? The Bills are going to win 13 games again this year. They're going to win the AFC East and they're going to host the home playoff game. You want to have a different conversation about winning in the playoffs, who has more to prove in the playoffs, then we have a different conversation. Who has more to prove this season? It is absolutely, absolutely Tua. Because guess what? He's got to prove he can stay healthy. He's got to prove he can play. Because if he doesn't play, guess what? He's useless. So stay healthy, number one. Play at a high level, number two. I'm going with Josh Allen has more to prove. That's right. Now, you may or may not know. Homer. I reside here in Miami. Homer. I reside in South Florida, 305. You may Homer. or may not have known that. But I'm going Josh Allen because what's the big story right now with the Buffalo Bills? The relationship between the quarterback and his number one wide receiver. Can those two stay on the same page? I mean, Stephen A. Smith told me the other day that Stephon Diggs wants out. I think Josh Allen has got more to prove. How about that? No, I really I'm, I'm really not down with that, you Homer, Homer dog there over there. Okay, <laughs> look, I, I'm not here for the Josh Allen slander. I'm just not having it. Okay, we have a lot more uh, of this coming up next, but we want to hear from you. Which quarterback has more to prove this season? Plus, what's more likely, a Georgia three-peat or a Heisman repeat? That's next. Zeno and Zaz in for Kenny and Carlin here on ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mark Zeno, Jonathan Zaslow, Zeno and Zaz in for Kenny and Carlin today as our Pacey NFL segment continues. But we want you to join in as well, 888-SAY-ESPN. Which quarterback has more to prove this season? We will continue with ours. If you uh, want to chime in, please do so, 
say ESPN. And bring it back in our producer, Shannon Penn, who has got my blood pressure all rise. I'm all clemped right now. Love it. Because you keep poking the bear about Josh Allen. <laughs> and I'm getting texts it. from other ESPN producers yelling at me. Shout out to James Telling Steele. me I'm going to die on a cold and lonely hill in Buffalo. All right, let's move on here. Zaz, I'm going to start with you. Which quarterback has more to prove this season, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? Yes, that is a good question. I'm going with Lamar Jackson. Now, you may be saying, Zazlo, what are you talking about? Lamar Jackson's already won an MVP. But here's the thing. When you have the contract situation that Lamar Jackson just went through, when you wanted to be paid that phony baloney contract that Deshaun Watson has, we know that's 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 a that is not a realistic situation. The Browns had to give him that. When Lamar Jackson goes through that contract situation, you better have an MVP caliber season. So for me, Lamar Jackson needs to come out with a chip on the shoulder and prove what he's capable of this year. Lamar Jackson, more to prove. Agree a thousand percent. It's all on Lamar for a variety of reasons. Look, and I think the Eagles will probably take a step back this year. It's really hard, mostly on defense, but it's really hard to duplicate what they did last year's as. But I will say this about Lamar and the Ravens. I'm not sure why everybody is assuming that Todd Munkin and what he did at Georgia is automatically going to just show up in the NFL. You know what's not across the field from the Ravens? Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Kentucky. Those are legitimate <laughs> NFL defenses. And, oh, let me just couple, flip a couple of pages here on the Internet and look back at Todd Munkin's track record in the NFL as an OC. It stinks. He wasn't good. So I'm not sure why there is this overwhelming feeling that like all of a sudden Todd Munkin's offense is just going to be great in the NFL. I think Lamar Jackson has a ton to prove. All right, Zeno, next up on the list, which quarterback has more to prove? We're going to try to keep up with the Joneses here. Which quarterback has more to prove, Mac Jones or Daniel Jones? <laughs> I love that you did the Joneses together. Uh, is this like the Joneses brothers? Anyway, I divert. Daniel Jones has more to prove, and I'll tell you why. We have spent so much this offseason focusing on Saquon Barkley and his, and his stupid contract and his franchise tag and running backs and all that other hoo-ha. Brian Dayball's sole purpose in getting the job with the Giants wasn't to teach Daniel Jones how to turn around and hand the ball to somebody else. His whole purpose in getting this job was to teach Daniel Jones how to turn into Josh Allen, a.k.a. best quarterback in the NFL. That's what he was hired for. Wow. So unless Daniel Jones can take a major step forward and carry the offense without the assistance of Saquon Barkley, then guess what, Brian? Dayball is failing, and Daniel Jones is a terrible sixth overall pick. And we are now the new 49ers because, you know, whatever. If you ever draft a quarterback wrong, you get yelled at. But anyway, Zaz, you're up. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think, excuse me, I think it's Daniel Jones. I feel like with Mac Jones, we all kind of know where we're headed there, that he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. I feel like the question is still out there for Daniel Jones. Brian Dayball, I thought, did a nice enough job last year, at least showing he could take Daniel Jones in the right direction. Now, we're going to see, is there any type of growth? Is there any type of ascension under Dayball? Mac Jones, I don't feel like there's a whole lot of faith in there. We're just kind of waiting until everyone pulls the plug on him officially. Daniel Jones, I think the question is still out there. So for me, Daniel Jones. All right, Zaz, which quarterback has more to prove, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? 
Very good question, Shannon. For me, Justin Herbert has more to prove. Can we win a playoff game? Can we get to the postseason? I mean, look, we've been talking about Justin Herbert down here in Miami for years because of Tua. Trevor Lawrence, I feel like we're all kind of expecting a major ascension this year. We know Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. Now what are you going to do about it? So for me, Justin Herbert, more to prove right now. How many good games has Trevor Lawrence played in the NFL? Eight. Eight. How many good games Justin Herbert played in the NFL? By the way, when Justin Herbert took over as quarterback, you know where his offensive line was ranked as? You want to give a guess out of 32 teams where it was ranked? Dead last that he dragged that team with an abomination of a head coach to a 7-9 and nine season. Justin Herbert has proved everything he's needed to prove in this league. He's a top level quarterback, top five, top three quarterback in this league without question because his coach is a putz and his kicker is an idiot doesn't mean that he needs to prove anything more. Trevor Lawrence has everything to prove still in this league. He's played eight good games in two years. It's not enough for me to believe that he has uh, the same level of chutzpah as Justin. So, so real quick. Real, excellent word there. I was going to say, real quick, if you had to draft one of those guys to start a franchise, Zeno, I'm assuming Herbert, you're going Herbert. Herbert, no, Herbert, no, Herbert. Herbert. The guys might be the most talented quarterback in the league. I'm go, I go From Lawrence. I point, go Lawrence. Uh, I, I, I've seen enough to know what the answer to that question is. But coming up next, Zaslow's top three questions heading into the NFL season on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.